0: song made for color boys whose heroes forgot how to fly whose wings were clipped with raging cages waited to take them with no reasons why this is a song made for color boys whose up and that never come up whose mothers and fathers became the sons and the daughters of revolutions eternal corrupt,
1: corrupt. So this is for the color boys, color boys like me Brother fence, walk a fringe society Pressurizing
2: exponentially This is for the color boys like me Dirty, dirty, the city streets Literary geeks that control, alternate, and delete To reboot, we be the strange fruit Blackberry, sweet juice We be rigging your real, telling our truth we got moods like Langston Hughes. Be the county culling blues. Be the soul of his shoes. Marvin White's Blackbird taking flight with words with our pins and manifestos. We bougie and ghetto, thug and crud The nigga pleasing nigga what? The XX of the mic check. We be the boys suspect when they fail to love themselves well. We into Zaki's warriors, homo revolutionary males. Following our hearts, we spark sunshine in the dark. DDC, famous outlaw MCs. We get
3: free. We on some other shits. Pistol six, choke on it. Him myspace space, JB rap, sick with it, call me gay Lord, feel the face of fire grace. And- those who expired? Ricky, Kaya, Alan Zay, and Tanya. We miss your bad love, won't retire. Ready to blow, like go to state puff. Why, girl, we done had enough. Moist and sticky on the same brain. Like cotton fields painting yesterday's rain. How you gonna make it through all the pain and all the anguish? Ball to the depth and stand tall. Ball to the depth and stand tall. So this is for the color boys, color boys like me. Motherfriends,
1: free society, pressurizing exponentially. Song. Well I was born inside of a pot of gold. gold at the end of a rainbow that no one knows. So the answer is clear and be recognized. If you're looking for
4: truth and unto my eyes. The point is this colored noise. This joint is for colored boys. This is for Essex, the solo Donald Edmar, and Wall of Troy. This is for Amy for Melvin, Claudin for County C. This for Larry Duckett for Joseph and Jimmy B for cousins and lovers who couldn't be because you would laugh this is for Luther Eddie Easy and Sugar Chef for a brother whose names we'll never know I'ma get it right La of Infinity Ninja's twisted it through the night in spite of the pressures and expectations of high desire like Bayon who paid it through slings and arrows while walking by before more I offer for some stories we'll see the light the slice had me frightened and now I'm ready to fucking fight chocolate covered rainbows
1: black boys get on down shade of brown. I like to see it get on down, 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 down. Love to see that boys get down. I like that UK Irish brown. I like that Tamil Trini brown, 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 brown. Love to love to see the sound. Love to see the sound. I love you to see the, the brown. sound. I like to... So this is for the color boys, color boys like me Brother fence walker fringe society Pressurizing exponentially to so get to out a song Well, I was born inside of a pot of gold At the end of a rainbow but no one knows So the answer is clear if you recognize If you're looking for truth, then look to my eyes Chocolate-covered rainbows! Black boys get on down, 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 down. Chocolate color rainbows. Love to hear that sound. Sound, 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 sound.
5: Hello, and welcome to the weekly review. This is Roman. You're listening to Mutiny Radio here from the Mission District in San Francisco. We just heard the song "For Colored Boys" by Deep Dick Collective, and coming on the show in a little bit, we'll have Juba Kalamka. Very excited to have Juba here. Uh, Juba will be talking about St. James Infirmary and Deep Dick Collective, and a lot of we got a lot of really great stuff to talk about today. So please do stay tuned. Uh, it's Usually start off the show with a little bit of a rant or things that are happening. Feeling a little bit drowsy today. That's honestly where I'm at. I'm heading to D.C. next week. Looking forward to that. There's been a lot of actions happening around the country, so I encourage folks to get involved if you're able. There's a site called refusefascism.org, and there's a list of a lot of events and actions that are happening and ways you can participate. So some folks are interested in getting out in the streets. Some people are interested in organizing. Some people are interested in creating art there's a lot of different things that you can do. So I want to encourage folks, uh, if you think one thing might not be your, your cup of tea, there's a lot of other things that you can do. So I really want to encourage folks to take action as you're able. And the idea is to get as many folks out to DC as possible. There are actions happening everywhere. There'll be plenty here in the Bay Area. And the idea is to flood DC with as many people as possible. So things, they will not have business as usual. And if you can't make it, there's the idea that you can sponsor someone else who can. So, just putting that out there for folks who do have capital to spread it and share it, and in a in the best way possible. <sighs> so, we've been doing the show now for a little over three years, and one of the there's a few th- common themes from the show. The basic one for doing a news and current events program is that there are people in, in positions of power who mess things up for the rest of us. That seems to be pretty common, and of course, this past week was no different. It's hard to figure out exactly which piece to talk about because it's it's happening everywhere. And perhaps there are more folks now focused on what's happening in in Congress, and I personally don't trust any of them at all, pretty much. And there's, of course, this idea of that, there's a message that we get a lot of the time that we're not good enough and we need to blame each other and be afraid of each other, when I think it's the people in positions of power for the most part who are the ones who are the ones causing the trouble. So, I encourage folks to to speak up about that. And there was recently a a bill that Bernie Sanders, who I actually like uh, he the idea was to make it so pharmaceuticals from drugs from Canada could be brought into the u s for a reasonable cost. and people voted against it, including some Democrats and this this sometimes there's the folks we talk a lot about, oh, the Republicans are really bad, blah blah blah. And then people assume that all the Democrats are are on our side, and that's not quite simply the case. It's a lot of folks who get money from the pharmaceutical companies, and that's gross. I'm waking up a little bit, so please do bear with me. I've been using my rage elsewhere. Sometimes I would just come in here and immediately start being frustrated and angry, and I think I've been doling it out throughout the week, so I guess that's a good thing. There are a lot of actions coming up. There's the... Ugh. So in San Francisco next week, there's the the March for Life, I think it's called. And it's pretty much an anti-choice march. And they bust people in from all over and they have about 6,000 people and they'll be mar- marching on, marching on uh, Market Street. And so there's a lot of folks countering that. So I encourage folks to get out and counter that <laughs> any way you can. It's It's pretty disgusting that we still... Again, it's this this idea that people have people assume that they have the rights over what someone else can or cannot do with their bodies, and that's the fact that I'm even talking about it feels like it doesn't feel like a waste of time because we need to talk about it. It just feels frustrating that this has been going on for so long, and there are still some people who just believe that they they have the rights over someone else's body. I don't even like you know we've been arguing about this for such a long time, and it's how do you even reason with someone who's so Who's so for that? I don't know. At 1215, we'll be getting a phone call, which will be great. So an update on the the case. Um, So Kayla Moore was a woman who was murdered by the Berkeley Police Department a few years ago. And the, the trial has been to hold the police officers accountable has been postponed. And there was one, there was a meeting this morning. So we'll be having a call in from somebody who was there, Charlotte. So looking forward to hearing about the updates in that case. And just appreciating everyone who's out there doing a lot of good work, and I think that's one thing that I I try to remember is that there's times when I feel pretty hopeless and at sometimes helpless and frustrated, and then I meet so many different people who are out there fighting the good fight in a lot of different ways, whether it's through social justice, environmental justice, through the arts. There are so many ways to kind of combat the systems that are in place and to let our voices be known. So I'm really appreciative. And every day I meet someone new or there's a reminder of work that people are doing. And I think that's really important to focus on the things that we do like and the things that are working. I've been going to, some Some of the protests have been very much like, no, we don't want a fascist regime, which is pretty clear. And then I went to this meeting last night that was, I was caught between which meeting to go to. And <laughs> I oftentimes wish I could clone myself so I could be everywhere at the same time. That'd be kind of creepy and exhausting, I'm sure. But I like the idea of just there's so much to learn and so much to engage in. And one of the meetings I went to is not necessarily activist focused, but it was more along the lines of what are what are the intentions that we want to set, like specifically what do we want to have known to us as we you know move forward with life. What do we want to focus on? And they talked a lot about, not so much about focusing on what we don't want, but what do we want? And I think that's really important to talk about the creation of things instead of the destruction of things. And I'm all for, of course, getting rid of the system. And then at the same time, we need something to move towards or we need something to build and to create so we don't have to... Um, so if and when it all falls down, we have something else that we can that can sustain us. So again, it's really crucial to, to think about these things in a, in a positive framework. And I get that it's really frustrating because I, I come from a very, maybe, maybe it's cynical, maybe it's just frustrated, but really much like, oh, this thing is wrong. This behavior is wrong. These people are doing things I really despise and it's really harmful. And my first instinct is, I think, based in fear, where I just want to protect myself and my friends and kind of attack them. And then at the same time, I also want to have the energy to create something. What is the kind of world I want where I'm frustrated that folks are like people are in the process or being threatened with losing their health care. So then what can we do to provide that for people? For instance, there are folks who don't believe in science, yet they're still contributing to climate change. So what can we do to combat that in a way? What can we uh, I mean, maybe it's too late in some ways. I'm trying not to be fatalist. I'm trying not to, I guess, try. That's a whole other conversation to have about language we use. And when I say try, is that actually working? How? What does it look like to create the world that we want to live in? And I feel like a lot of folks really want to do that and are doing that. And at the same time, it's especially now, there's constant messages that we get either from the media or from folks, ugh, politicians grow. Even here in San Francisco, there's some pretty so there's a, there was a rainstorm here recently, and the Department of Public Works were removing homeless people's tents. There was a box city, which was a place that I would set up where folks were able to congregate and live. And DPW went in and removed people's housing. And this has been going on here for a while. My friend in St. Louis, it's been happening there as well, where they will come in and remove people's housing. And I would just wonder if I had magic powers. Of course, I would change a lot of things. Certainly. I would, I would just for the supervisors, especially Mark Farrell and Scott Weiner, who are two of the folks who are particularly more on this kind of anti-homeless kick. Um, I would just kind of create this giant bulldozer and show up outside their house and be like, "Do you? Do you? How would you like this if someone came to your home and threatened to move it? How how would you like that? Of course, with folks like that, I'm assuming they have at least two homes, so it might not be as threatening for them. I do think though that it's it just feels so. It seems inhumane. It really does seem inhumane. And it feels frustrating that San Francisco does have this reputation of being the super liberal open city. And there is behavior like that that happens here. So also wanting to let folks know who don't live in the city that it's, there are a lot of great things here. And there's also really absurd behavior that happens here as well. So wanting to call that out. And I think it's really important to call that out. I also encourage folks to, I'm all for I think more change happens from outside the system, and then I also want to acknowledge that there are other people who want to work within the system, so I think any anything we can do to, to change things is great. So for folks who do feel like they have something to say, that the Board of Supervisors here at, on Tuesdays, you can go in, you have two minutes to speak, so I've done it a couple of times, and it feels good just to go in and speak to these representatives, and perhaps the words that we say can get across to them. I think it's the fact that we have that opportunity is, is important. <sighs> so encouraging folks to do that too, especially, you know, I, I travel in different circles and there's definitely the, the up comedians and the performers. And if you, if you like being heard and you have something important to say, that's helpful and hopeful and punches up, why not? Uh, why not talk to the supervisors? Why not uh, direct one's input and ideas that way, as well as talking to an audience, I think it can be really beneficial. So, just just a statement. We have a phone call, and I believe it's Charlotte. Well, I know you answered the
6: phone, Mutiny Radio. Oh, can hey, I play? Are you oh, hey, dizzy? Gail. What's going
5: on? Hi, Gail. Um, well, we're waiting for a call from Charlotte, who's calling in about a, um, a a court case. So, you have
6: to speak up.
5: I can hear you. Who is she? Uh, well. Uh, this person, Charlotte's going to be calling in about a court case in a little bit. So we, we, unfortunately we can't, Oh, okay. Oh, thanks Gail. Uh, sorry to have to do that. We unfortunately can't take more than one call at once. Uh, so yeah, Charlotte will be, will be calling in momentarily. We hope. So yeah, that was, that's pretty much my rant of the day. There's also, Oh, I, I try, I mean, I think about transphobia every day because how can one not, especially thinking about a lot of these bills. So Virginia, Texas, a lot of different states are kind of doing what North Carolina did with these horrific anti-trans bathroom bills. And there's talks of even getting, uh, police or security to monitor bathrooms. Cause that's a really great use of someone's time, right? It's really obscene. It's really obscene. So, I'll be um I have to I'll be heading to DC and I'm changing planes in Charlotte so of course I'm thinking like how can I like I don't want to fuck with their bathrooms but I'm conspiring of you know what I can do while I'm there It's just I can't, again it's like so obscene and absurd that these are like the problems that we have to deal with It's not just oh life is unfair it's people in positions of power who are deliberately targeting people and it's ugh, oh, it's really it's really upsetting. And to also just see that they haven't learned their lessons at all, that they want to continue targeting people. And also, if you've never been dragged out of a bathroom, it's a pretty horrific thing to have happen. Um, it, it happened to me years ago, and it still just, unfortunately, it, it kind of stays with you a little bit. And the fact that we still have gendered bathrooms is, doesn't make any sense at all. Um so again, it doesn't make a lot of sense. And I wish I could um Yeah, I wish I had some words of wisdom, but there's there's also there was a meme going around of in the UK they had these these signs they're putting on bathrooms and instead of saying who belongs in a bathroom, they're saying what's in this bathroom. So they'd have a picture of a toilet or a urinal or both or a sink. And I think that idea of saying what's in the bathroom as opposed to who belongs in a bathroom is a good step forward. So I encourage that. That would be great. And also, one argument, of course, is for folks who have bathrooms in their homes, as many people do, you don't really separate the toilet in your bathroom from who uses it or not. Everyone shares it. This is basic. The fact that we are... The fact that I'm even wasting my life breath talking about this is just makes me feel super depressed, to be honest. That we have to argue for the right to take care of ourselves and our bodily functions freely is just one more thing that feels really, yeah, upsetting. <sighs> Something else that happened recently is that the Obama administration decided to expand surveillance. So that's Not a good thing either, but I also wanted to call that out because it's important that we we know what we're heading into, and there are the folks who are now becoming more politically aware, and it's also crucial to recognize that a lot of the pieces that have already been in place have been pretty bad. Um, There's already been an insane amount of deportations over the past eight years. The U.S. is currently bombing seven countries. Last week, we read a story about how there's been over 26,000 bombs dropped this year, or I'm sorry, 2016, but I guess 2017. I wouldn't be surprised if it's getting off to a a start as well with the military doing as it will. And uh, it's, there's this idea that there's kind of this us versus them mentality, and I'm wondering how we can look beyond that with really, um, just recognizing that it's not, oh, there are some good guys in government and some bad guys in government. A lot of it's its certainly gray, and there's also a lot of people doing a lot of problematic things, but this idea of assuming someone's on your side based on their party line is pretty, I think, can be very limiting. So just wanting to call that out for folks who assume that, oh, everything was great up until now. no. And also something else to talk about is that some folks are saying, oh, well, let's just wait and see what happens. And the idea that, oh, we survived Reagan or we survived W. Um, a lot of people didn't. <laughs> people in this country didn't. People around the world didn't. So it's. I heard that recently. I've heard that in a number of places. And it just seems it's so um, offensive, this idea that how many... Uh, I, I'm at a loss for words. It just, it feels so frustrating, this idea that, well, we survived it. Well, maybe you, maybe you did, but not everyone did. And the reason people are, people are upset for very valid reasons and also looking at history. So what can we, can we learn anything from history? Or are we going to repeat it? So just wanting to put that out there again. Yeah, there's, there's a lot happening and, we're we're wondering how how can and things change so i always welcome for folks to to call in and uh speak up about that what's what's what are you doing to help things change ah phone call yes hello hello hi hey is
6: this roman
5: yes hey charlotte thank you
6: hi you're welcome thank you
5: thanks for calling in
6: yeah um, hi. Did you... <laughs>
5: oh, yeah. We're, we're all live and ready to go.
6: Okay. You want me to just let you know what happened today at court and what else is going on with the Justice for Chattanooga Uh,
5: Yes, please.
6: Cool. Um, yeah. So, first of all, thank you for inviting us to speak on, I guess, Mutiny Radio. Um, so today we were, um, we went to court at 8.30 in the morning, um, down San Francisco. And, unfortunately, it was somewhat an anticlimactic, uh, hearing we had expected there to be an announcement about the start of the trial, which the Moore family has been trying to, um, have for years now, but, um, instead they did not announce the trial start date yet, but instead the next, um, court date will be on March 3rd and will be the judge deciding whether the family will have a jury trial or a bench trial. So in other words, um, The city and the Berkeley police are uh, hoping for a bench trial, which the judge by himself would decide. The -hmm. family and their lawyers are hoping for a jury trial because the judge hasn't been very sympathetic so far, and so a jury, hopefully, the will of the people would be in our favor, ruling that um, Berkeley police did not respect or accommodate Kayla Moore's disability when they... Arrested her and killed her on December February twelfth, uh, two thousand thirteen. Okay. Um, so that's the status on the case. I don't know whether I should say more about the background of sure. who Kayla Moore was yeah. or anything like that.
5: Yeah, that'd be great if you wanted to provide more of a background for folks who um, are listening in. Do you say yes? Yes, please. Yeah. Yes.
6: Yeah. Sorry. So, um, yeah. So Kayla what Kayla Moore was a woman from Berkeley. She was a black woman born and raised there. She was also transgender. And she was in her apartment on February 12th, 2013, when uh, this is an apartment in downtown Berkeley that she had sort of just recently moved into after like struggling some. And so her family was really happy to have her back in, in the city that was her home. And they had had times in the past, had like called the police actually to get a quote unquote wellness check and things had gone pretty well, but they, Kayla's friend tried this that night, and instead of them coming and doing any kind of checkup, they came and tried to arrest her using a warrant that was under her dead name for someone 20 years older than her in San Francisco, Um, and spent, I think, about 5 to 15 minutes talking with her, and after they had spent that amount of time talking with her, they decided it wasn't worth their time to continue trying to do anything supportive and instead try to arrest her using this warrant um, and take her into custody, again, rather than at even bringing her to the hospital, which is, you know, not necessarily what people actually want when they're in crisis either. Of course. So anyway, they arrested her. There were six officers eventually involved trying to restrain her, and she ended up dying face down on a futon in her apartment because of all of the officers um, restraining her so violently. Um, so that's what happened with Kayla and her family ever since 2013 has been trying to find accountability one way or another. Um, the officers, the statute of limitations was, was very short for them to be, lose their jobs or anything like that. So that never happened, and what they're doing now is filing a civil suit as well as advocating outside of the courts for a change to how mental health care is provided in Mm -hmm. Berkeley. Specifically, um, the coalition is demanding that policing separate mental health crisis response. Yeah, absolutely. Um, As well as also emphasizing that what happened was Kate was criminalized for being a black trans woman and for her disability, um, and that all those issues are part of why she is not alive anymore.
5: <sighs> yeah.
6: Yeah, that's. I guess that's sort of the background of the case. Mm-hmm. Um, if folks want to learn more, they can go to our website, com. They can also visit facebookcom Um And on the Facebook one, it's the number four. And on the website, it's F-O-R the word.
5: Hmm. Cool. All right. Well, thank you for for sharing that information. Um,
6: yeah thank you so much yeah. I'll, I'll have to tune into your show some other time too
5: <laughs> yeah yeah absolutely so the next date they were saying was like around March 3rd
6: yeah the next date will be March 3rd um, I think we have to hear a little bit more from the lawyer as to what that whether that'll be a date that we're gonna be rallying folks for Okay. Um, but definitely can't never hurts to have people there so absolutely. March 3rd 10am um, stay tuned our website, sign up for emails if you'd like on our website uh, to get an, an announcement about the time once once the date nears, because sometimes that changes.
5: Sure. Alright, well thank you so much uh, for, for sharing this information.
6: Yeah, thank you. I should also mention one other thing, which is that um, before March 3rd, in on February either 12th or 13th, we are going to be having a vigil and celebration of Kayla's life mm. in Berkeley. The specifics aren't decided yet, but People can put that on their calendars if they're able to come, that'd be wonderful.
5: Great. Excellent. Thank you. And yeah, I'll get the information and I'll share that as well. Okay. Awesome. All right. Well thank you so much.
6: Thank you. Have a good yeah, day. You too. Bye. Bye.
5: Um, so thank you to Charlotte for calling in with that information, and that also brings up another story. That's uh, in, in Portland, they've decided that psychiatric emergency services will relieve uh, police from mental health nine one one calls, and uh, it'd be great if that could happen. I think everywhere, because of course this is a this is a, a common occurrence that the police come in and uh, they're not trained. At all, and also coming in with a lot of their own BS, we could say, and they do not ha- handle mental health crises well at all. So, um, yeah. So there's an article in the Portland Tribune that that covers this. So, I'm wanting to read a little bit about that as well, and then we'll be having a brief little music break, and then we'll be joined by uh, Juba uh, after that. So it will soon get much easier for those in the tri-county area experiencing a mental health crisis to receive help. The first of its kind in the Pacific Northwest, the Unity Center for Behavioral Health, 1225 Northeast 2nd Avenue, will offer immediate services to those experiencing a psychotic episode, be it mild or severe. Though the public was granted tours after a ribbon cutting, cutting, Okay, on January 5th, the facility isn't scheduled to open for service until someone until sometime later this month. According to Brian Terrett, Director of Public and Community Relations at Legacy Health, a specific opening date will be announced once final inspections and licenses have been granted. Legacy Health, along with Adventist Health, Kaiser Permanente, and Oregon Health and Science University collaborated to open the $40 million facility. It will have beds for 80 adults and 22 adolescents aged 9 to 18. Unity aims to take Portland police out of the equation when it comes to 911 calls about mental health. They're working with emergency medical services to respond to such calls instead. Right now, if you call 911 and say, my roommate is having a severe psychiatric breakdown, law enforcement would arrive. And if they felt like the roommate needed to have care, they would take them in the police car and to the hospital emergency department, says Terrett, We believe psychiatric emergencies are medical, not criminal. It takes Portland police out of the business of being field social workers. In the near future, instead of a cop car, an ambulance and EMS services will come and assess a patient. If there are no other complicating medical issues, they'll be taken to unity. People will be able to walk up too. Because services for mental illness are highly decentralized, sometimes people wait a long time to get the care they need. We know the longer it takes, the harder it is for them to recover, says Terrett. The center will combine psychiatric emergency care and short-term inpatient services. The Psychiatric Emergency Service, PES, will be an outpatient service where patients can be under observation for a few hours, up to 23 hours. Patients, voluntary or involuntary, will receive help from psychiatry and addictions, specialists, nurses, social workers, and mental health therapists. The goal is to provide evaluation, stabilization, and a plan for after discharge. Outreach workers will help patients connect with treatment and resources like housing and job assistance, legal aid, addiction treatment, and family counseling. Unity Center for Behavioral Health is modeled after a facility in Alameda, California. Territ says they are hoping to achieve the same results that have been achieved there and in other states. Studies of the Alameda model indicate that transferring patients from general hospital emergency departments to a regional psychiatric emergency service reduced wait time for those seeking psychiatric care by more than 80%, and that PES can provide treatment to stabilize 75% of those experiencing a mental health crisis, therefore alleviating the demand for inpatient psychiatric beds. And you can find out more at unityhealthcenter.org. And again, if you want to check out this article, it was on the Portland Tribune site and it was published on Tuesday, January 10th and it was written by Lindsay Hewitt. Okay, so here's that thing. We're moving into a more helpful direction of things. What can we create to make things better for everyone? Ha. Ah, we shall see. All right, I'm gonna play some more music for a little bit and then we'll be back with uh, Juba Kalamka around 12.45. I know that...
2: I am a black man. I am a black man you scared to clap for. I am a black man who likes metaphor. I am a black man who's anti-war. I am I, and the black man that I am is quite sure. I am not pure. African fruits mixed with Cherokee juice. I am a black man with red clay roots. Arkansas, I am black man speaking my I am truth. I am not trying to recruit youth for nothing but revolution, solutions to overstand the I am. They be unlike me. I am a man, and yet I am as unique as you. I am the man who will stand by my truth. I am a black man educating our youth. Sonnets to Ebonics low in the East Oh, I am the sum total of your hope I am a black man who sometimes can't cope With haters who hate on knowledge I am a black man who says go to college Ignorance should be abolished But the greatest teacher is a preacher Whose mirror smiles to him and says Yo, I am a black man I, I am,
1: I am I am a black man
0: than the deep blues. On a Thursday before Friday's storm comes to wash me clean I am pretending to be a pretense of something I've always been I'm a number one Raiders fan with no face paint I ain't a chauvinist and I like taking long walks by the beach And tasting clouds just outside of my reach And as I walk amongst you, you don't need to know the history Just the here and now, that is how we will learn to Connect with respect, connect with respect We need to bring it on back and connect with reset This freedom, you don't want to let me own it but like a a fright in the vat. I keep popping back up. It's tough as the day that you denied me, like Jesus. Three times before dawn, the battle lines are drawn. And verbal bombs are our demise. The lies you told yourself are caught in your breath. Respect those who resurrect. Flowers from, from the, the melting, melting snow. snow. So my shit's not that hard. No bleep bleeping being called. No trips up to balls. While cavantiel is poisonous eggs in my belly. I said, this is the voice of the bookworm. I said, this is the voice of the bookworm, said, the of the bookworm whose word storm is. Is like hurricanes, you insert the name.
4: I am a black man,
0: I am speaking
4: Going from the gut and gutter Cause Grandy could to be Big I be speechifying to reach the dying Flying their minds with my halfway lies and faggot pageantry And now I beseech thee Y'all ma be there over and under the drum machines And creepy piano tinkling, Hoping that you see me, I'm here to teach things I am hoping you believe me These quotes that I wrote stuck in my throat While I was swinging in yonder tree My lover was singing, my brother was bringing For she blankets and sage and thanking him for being but maybe that's just Philip Bailey wailing and tailing my fans see a prevailing notion. Claude McKay at the edge of the ocean. PLD toasting <laughs> Jimmy B at the party that he's hosting beyond the sea. What 206 times 100 million bones be. Fresh and clean from 400 years and saline. Gallons All of tears for tears. fears. Pulling up the rear and hay bailing in the middle of the barn in harm's way. over DK's trade on eBay means you can't be, be that way, way. And state with do don't pray, so what, what to say? say? Twix December 26th and New, New Year's Day. day. I lose to strange fruit and fruit from the past. My faith will first be on the last I am I am I am I am
2: a, a black man I am a i am I am I am a black man man I I am I am I am a black man I am I am I am a black man from man infinity to infinity. To infinity. Trippin' 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 Why, why keep, keep on, on trippin' trippin', trippin', trippin'? Why keep on trippin' We are the future Why keep on
4: trippin' Why keep on trippin' And with the pause for the calls And the proof for the bruise And the galls that I it. Time for me to rap again And what to say this time? Should I persist? Then my rhymes with my sign, well, I can lie, but then I'm too damn masculine. Ask your friends, cause they pissed, cause what they said about mission men was true. That 99 and a half won't do, they had a minute too And it's- 10% bent. that's a hundred thousand brothers that were looking for a lover. Mars the other, I didn't start a stammer. Let these bramming niggas handle it. Come on and get your grip and let your backbone super quick with dick sucking lips. A kid stuck in a relationship and I think that I might see a trend. I let your DS slip, but it's right about here that I think My night again. My existence is intrinsic, not
2: played like your Adam and Steve kid. You nationalists, Well, I'm Pan-Africanist. Spitting shit since 86, played out topics. I would've key to this mic and I don't like this is all you did was drop shit. Rehearsed the rhyme and then forgot it. I'm a lyrical prophet, getting into your jail and microscopic. You figuring it was SBC, fiber optics, giving a topic. i blast away the a freestyle rocket, no played out bits by honey dips and money clips. MC's got stage presents, I got poetical gifts. You don't like golden showers, but why you always getting pissed? I give the full meaning and yet you only get the gist. Overwhelmed and compelled by the 25%. Watch your fag, and play if you get punched in the lip. Don't be scared. If you don't hit, I won't drop kicks so don't straight trip. That's a DDC punchline. With the outstretched black power. Why keep on trippin', trippin', trippin'? We are the future.
3: And I ask, why keep on trippin', trippin', trippin'? We are the future. Why are you the- tripping on me. Why are you tripping on me? It's hard to be one of the only few standing tall. Some folks don't seem to understand universal laws. See, every reaction seems to be caused by an action, and
2: the center of the circle seems to be the concentration. But everything be everything in every situation, and every go-round there will come complication. 360 degrees of revelations, and all the art is about to go, and this U.S. nation
3: taking away the children's uh, imagination brings procrastination. Showing has got tasting pasting. Trap-like corrections, 200,001 one location, institutions bent on control and punishment, see how far it gets with the government, malicious and deceitful with criminal intent, and now the horse is pale because of it and spread evil all around the nation and shit, and almost transparent, can you see through this 2002's president remained very apparent, the big man with the big cock then stepped into the place he's got to be with the big lock and the soldiers then and now your voice is soft and no large staff, boy don't you know what's going on, you better do the math you don't want to wait for the future, trying to live in the past. Man is not on top, Uncle Sam won't last. Time won't make money, and money won't make time. Money is the power, the power won't finish
2: the rhyme. Why, Why keep on tripping,
7: tripping, tripping?
2: We are the future. Why keep do you ignore everything I say as a rule? As as you have a secret birthright. And you'll be stopping me how?
5: But I. I By appealing to your mindset, if such a creature exists.
2: I will still have time to fight the forces of evil, okay? I just.
4: I want to have a life. I met these brothers and sons. We think it triggers and untied tongues. was sprung birds. I was kicking. Though I'm the raise, no engagement, because you're bougie and chicken. And that's yes, I'm picking on you, because I'm sick of your crew. I chew and spit out a spike, it seems the right thing to do. Da-da-da-da, 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 da-da-da-da. I'm going to drum, he's
0: saving my mind for the course i meddling with meddling, still i settle with lies. I lose smile, I lose style of sleep. Tell tales to torture, grief. I keep friends close, and an enemies go oh. to tough. People at home who own police. At least I release my anger on strangers, and no danger from dodgers who tell peace to cease. From moments to movement. still, you show no improvement when you've got too much to prove, man. Now what's your backup plan? I back up standard liver, you lack love, and still I'm a give it like Silverstein's tree. Go on, why, why not take, take all, all of me? Too small, we to call to arms when swarms the swine with charms that shine from cheap box. Worry about how i got mine and talks fine but how about you lose this time you will pass your limit and now you're in it too timid hot water sink or swim it's only getting hotter so sheep leave the lambs to slaughter in <laughs>
4: Room. I, I guess, guess that, that means I'm the best. best. The peak i speaking too soon. I kung fu oh. speed in the meaning of <laughs> Nene, Benny, and June. I bought a truck full of sugar hooked up with buckets of tunes. And let the elephant tell us you pretend you don't see them. They I like, like the to smell of it, it and spell it. it. No way in hell they would be them. Collecting checks with my flexible sex and revenue wrecking. It's a pain in the neck. But heck, celebrity back I And all the Texans were left here with just some seconds of time, I got the time on the run. And all the lines are tied on my case. So that
5: Oh, sure. If you want to sure. Hello, and welcome back to Weekly Review. Joined here by Juba Kalamka. Juba, thank you so much for being here.
4: Thank you for having me, Aroma. Very yeah. Very much appreciative. Thank you, thank you,
5: thank you. Yeah. Uh, also, a shout out to Kalesh for introducing us. I think Yay. it was maybe two Yay, years ago. Yes. So, yeah, about that, yeah. Yeah. Saw you perform. I think it was at the Eagle. Yes.
4: Yeah. Yeah. It's been, uh, yeah. It's And that's been a thing about community for me. Uh, very much. Uh, a lot of the stuff I've gotten to do and participate in has been cool people I know introducing me to other cool people. So yeah, it's always and that and I've been able to do that for a long time. So I'm very appreciative.
5: Yeah, yeah, same. I always like meeting friends of friends and also just seeing how we're all connected. Yeah, and just uh, previously you were mentioning BlackBerry and right. Yes, BlackBerry is great. Quote. Yeah,
4: Blackberry. Uh, for those listening or not familiar with him, uh, he's a legendary uh, black gay uh, musician, folk performer, uh, who I met actually when I moved here in 1999 to the Bay Area, but had seen him years before in the film *Tongues Untied*. Mm-hmm. Uh, and he was uh, has been was uh, music that was a part of that and has been around for years and years. I think he's about 70. Uh, now and i remember about now 15 years ago we were just talking about working in activism and struggle and he's he's the first person i said talked about the proverb he says how do you eat an elephant and uh the answer was a bite at a time yeah so trying to keep that in mind when we get frustrated that it's gonna it's, it's gonna it's, it's big and it's gonna take a lot of bites and, and all of us biting a lot of us biting to get it to yeah get it done
5: yeah, I'm just going to move that. Sorry. Move that. Oh, yeah, sure. For sure. Yeah. Is that Is that better? Mic check, mic check, yeah. mic check. Yeah. Oh, awesome. That's great. Cool. Yeah, I just want to make process. sure. Yeah. <laughs> Excellent. There have been a number of times when Yeah, anyway. No. <laughs> <laughs> We're a bit like uh the technology here is a little bit DIY, so That's real. That's yeah.
0: real. just want
5: to make sure it's getting it done though, yeah so that's good. Yeah. Um yeah so um perhaps we can start we um there's a lot to talk about we can talk about St James Infirmary and also Deep Dick Collective and so either either one which which you feel you'd like to start with
4: Yeah I'll start with St James because that's the 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 moment um uh, right. it's all intertwined but that's the the moment right now um I've been working in since I moved to the Bay Area in 1999 I said I've been working at least part time in HIV services starting as uh, a chaperone for some parties and stuff at uh, Sexual Minority Alliance of Al- Alameda County's uh, Youth Center SMAC uh, Youth Center when that was around. Uh, Age Project of the East Bay doing publications work for particularly for young um, African American men who had sex with men. Mm-hmm. Uh, outreach work at clubs, um, and then that ended up turned into doing. Uh, testing and programmatic support for black men who had sex with men and then hiv testing where i was at uh hf aids healthcare foundation for about eight years uh and ran the public health department there for about for, for about a year like by myself for about a year and a half of that wow and uh at the northern california part of the public health department and uh, been doing uh essentially linkage to care uh, for people who are uh, newly diagnosed and formally diagnosed uh, HIV positive uh, people and doing sort of case management referral kind of things, uh, and how St. James involved. That involves St. James is that um, I'm sex. I'm a sex worker. Out as a sex worker um, as a direct. Most recently doing direct work mm-hmm. and then uh, as a porn actor since about 2003. Uh, and started and work. I now work at St. James since August of 2015 as a Linkage to Care Navigator, um, and harm reduction counselor. Um, have been working in sex worker advocacy for about the last ten or eleven uh, years in a variety of ways. So. Uh, St. James has been this magical, amazing uh, place. If those of you, again, who are not just assume, everybody who I know I'm talking to is familiar with it. St. James is an occupational health clinic for current and former sex workers, uh, and injection, uh, current and former injection drug users, programming for both those of communities and their overlaps. Uh, A lot of uh, transgender community, particularly through our collaborations, and we're co-housing with uh, TGI Justice Project. Mm.
7: Uh,
4: So... There's a lot of cross-informing uh, programming that goes on in both of those uh, agencies in the same space. So it was kind of a dream job that I did not think that I was going to get when I applied for it because there are lots of talented and lots of experienced people, but I I got picked and I'm very I'm deliriously happy to
5: to awesome. to be there. Yeah, it's it's great that there's uh, places like that that exist and. Yeah, yeah, it's
4: yeah, it's kind of it's kind of amazing, and I mean, and in this in this particular moment, um, given that we've been fortunate uh, to have the support of community and some you know and some luck uh, to survive. I mean, we're the only occupational health clinic of our kind in the United States, mm. uh, so uh, there's a rarefied space that we exist in. Uh, and and I think that's a part of how we've been able to sustain because of the amazing work that has been done there and also too because there's a way that community of course is invested in ma- the maintenance of uh, a space like that in a way that it can inform other kinds of community projects and community health um, initiatives
7: mm-hmm.
5: cool yeah excellent so-,
7: so
4: as uh and yeah and it's it's, it's interesting two as well just because of uh, there's a it's it's been kind of funny because there's a working at st. James and working with the uh, the Desiree Alliance was a national organization okay uh, doing advocacy for uh, for sex workers I've had these sort of weird overlapping and sometimes parallel tracks of my career as a musician and as an artist so uh, I've been I've been actually performing as an MC since 1988 so I had a whole career oh, wow. as a uh, I would say as a eventually having slid out of the closet performer like in a straight and as doing uh, music as it's There's stuff on MySpace that you can
7: yeah
4: <laughs> that that you could listen to that I posted from 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 years ago. Uh, but it's weird because people like know me from performance art and disability arts. Uh, and disability justice stuff with Sins Invalid or mm-hmm. they know me from sex worker advocacy but don't necessarily mm-hmm. know about Deep the Collective. Yeah. <laughs> uh, part of it because they're younger but part of it just because it was niche, micro niche indie music yeah. that they just might not have been familiar with it. And someone will go, I know you from somewhere. I saw you in this. And, and i getting a lot now of people who saw me Perform it, as long as 15 or 16 years ago, but mostly like from the mid to late 2000s. And they're like, Oh, I remember you, I didn't realize it was the same. Or they know me as a performance s- uh, by myself, yeah, and don't know about uh, Deep the Collective or weren't perform or knew Deep the Collective but didn't know who the people were involved with it individually. Yes. So that's always I'm having pretty regular conversations about that, which is kind of funny,
5: yeah. Now. yeah, well, it's always nice to see like the um, between like art and activism, the it's like the, the Venn diagram of seeing where they're both just reaching out to people in both, or, or,
4: well, yeah, it's, I think of it like, it's, I think of it like, it's a a series of concentric circles, so like, when you start doing queer, POC, black, hip hop, sex work, uh, HIV, healthcare, yeah, and and the threads of the uh community health particularly community health and community advocacy activisms that those yeah, like you say like the Venn diagrams of like who knows who and yeah and yeah yeah there's, there's, there's I don't even know if it's 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 uh it's a hologram anymore of like in terms of the degrees of separation I
7: yeah.
4: I used to had a running joke about that there was a I should start a trading card set of bisexual <laughs> African American yeah l- yeah <laughs> Um, uh, bi- out as bisexual African American mm-hmm. men, um, meaning more and and at the time that was really really a, particularly about cis men in the sense that I know that there's plenty mm-hmm. more like trans guys um, now and more that I've known just over the, the yeah. years. But back yeah. and talking about the early 2000s, um, it just seemed like there were. There were like 12 of us.
5: Yeah. Well, I think biphobia is something that I think that still happens a little bit too. Yeah, yeah. Maybe not even a little bit, but just this idea that you have to like this idea of the binary, you have to be one or the other.
4: Yeah. And, and I think that even when the conversations with people, you know, well-meaning conversations about that and very real conversations about mm-hmm. binarism and mm-hmm. essentialism, just in terms of the way that people navigate their sexuality yeah. or an overlap with that about how they navigate their, uh, their gender. Uh, is really largely in, informed by both uh, heteronormativity and homonormativity mm-hmm. uh, at the same same time. Whereas, yeah. like, I've heard people, uh, I think that I, I would say, I'll say first that I think there are people who can have, who have had more exploded and better conversations uh, around challenging that notion. Uh, Julia Serrano, hey Julia, uh, 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 being one of the people who has written extensively. Uh, about that. Uh, Kenji Yoshino in the book Covering has written about that uh, as well. But uh, just the idea when I've heard people make that assertion, uh, at the same time they don't refer to or, or, or acknowledge or relate to the notion of gay or lesbian as binarist Mm-hmm. As pole as as pole as one or the the uh, or the other or even conversations around homo you know around homo normativity, mm-hmm. um and 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 what that means and how that people end up relating to that in in, in queer community and that's before you even get to talk into, like broader conversations about uh, gender continuum agender yeah how, however pe- or whatever phraseology that people are using to you know choosing for themselves to relate to uh to relate to, to relate to that yeah you know. And I said I wasn't going to go into post-grad gobbledygook about that. So, like, if you see the, so the Facebook post I just made and said I wasn't going to do that, oh. I apologize. Oh, I'm sorry.
5: N- it's a, No, it's, it's good. <laughs> oh, I think we need we need more of that, though. Yeah.
4: But I think <laughs> that, and I'm glad you're saying that, just because I think that a lot of the way that, uh, I just, like, was saying the other day, to talking about how it takes all kinds of us mm-hmm. Uh to do it you know yeah we it's like you know like think when i think about stuff like you know when i learned about the drug users union yeah you know just about stuff like that we need people yeah. who who have a broad variety of experiences you know and who you know who are actively in community serving you know different parts of the community it's like i can have a, a clinical conversation about you know shooting heroin Mm-hmm. but I have never shot him and I need somebody who has that experience or who is having that experience to come in and be able to 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 talk to me yes just to say to, to to and 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 it's about whatever that is to because I have a platform yes yeah um to be able to pull my coat and say like hey juba you know you mm-hmm didn't address this or maybe you could address this yes this differently. And and that's something I appreciate too is being able to be in a position with a lot of people to have those kind of conversations too.
5: Yes, yeah. Isaac Jackson has been on the program a mm-hmm. couple of times. I don't know if um you've met him. And he he was talking of course about like with, with drug users and having they of course have a more of an idea of the work of like what their lives are like as opposed to people like the politicians or people in positions of power who are trying to, I guess, have their way or trying to, quote unquote, protect them. And I'm assuming mm-hmm. it's similar with, with sex workers, where there's this idea that the folks, people know how to advocate for themselves a lot more than other people kind of stepping in and telling them what they can or cannot do.
4: Yes. Yeah. And I, I would agree. And I would say that that's been even in in the context as an advocate for sex workers. I mean, I, I try to be particularly careful just in terms of the way that I speak and what I speak to, because I can speak to my own experiences. Sure. But um, something that I'm always saying and trying to say is that like I speak uh, from a space of, there's a space of, 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 of lack that I have just as t- in terms of like, you know, I'm a, you know, a black dude, you know, and queer and targeted in this particular kind of way. But there's also a way that because I'm cis um, grew up middle class, mostly you know middle class. Postgraduate education. Uh, most of the work uh, that I've done, the bulk of the work I've done, has been um, in a a pretty solidly legal
7: space. Mm-hmm.
4: Um, I have lots of institutional. Uh, privilege of a lot of institutional access i live in the united states i was born in the united states mm-hmm. i speak i was born in the city i speak english mm-hmm. you know i'm you know i'm a chronically ill uh person but i'm invisibly uh disabled i'm you know you know queer foo-foo kiki-ing in one moment you know kind of guy but i'm mostly nor- perceived as nor like i pass yeah you know a lot yeah you know so yep. and, and trying to talk to that and bring that to the conversation yes and, and trying to bring people into the conversation who have a uh who have a more isolated or more uh uh experience in a more serious series of more contentious spaces than i have and always trying to be mindful yes of that as much as possible
5: yeah absolutely um i can relate on on some levels as a, mm-hmm. as a trans mm-hmm. as a trans guy also someone who's just like by birth Jewish, I guess, but not necessarily, it's, you know, how it is, and I identify as a spirit in a body, and then also recognizing, oh, that's not necessarily how the material world right. likes to look at us when we fill out forms and have to select X, Y, and Z, how, to, how do we describe ourselves based on the bodies that we've been born into, and yeah. then how does how are we perceived in the outside world in terms of in spaces that we ex- exist in, and then how does that all work together, and it's, it can feel complicated. A lot it, of time. It, it
4: is and it's interesting and i mean being able to to address some of that sometimes i remember when i first started uh doing testing and like a lot of the county paperwork would have have questions around race uh and ethnicity yeah and talking to people who were i would say contextually white people yeah or people who would wouldn't would would uh, you know un- without equivocation understand or describe themselves as white their response uh to a Conspicuously non-white person asking them how they identified racially or ethnically because they they had never been asked before yeah, and yeah. they just assumed that someone had presumed that and they said well you can, well you can put white I'm like well what do you want me to put how do you identify yeah. and what that was loaded with just in terms of not just about. Them not wanting to address whiteness, but then how mm-hmm. you have you know mixed blood people who could pass who are antagonized mm-hmm. um, around mm-hmm. uh, around that space. Yeah. Um. There's lots of different. There's a lot of different um, uh, ways that that is uh, uh that that you can sort of uh, uh, address or attack those kind of uh, spaces. But making sure that like this is making sure also is that like a lot of times is it wherever I am and having a conversation with people that. Uh, they leave with you know with the opportunity or the ability to to, to question um, or to assert you know just in terms of have conversations about what they need and what their life looks like without having someone assume that yeah. for them yeah and without judgment
5: yes yeah it's yeah
4: yeah that's a ju- that's a yeah a bit of a that's, that's a bit of a job but it's like mm-hmm. I mean I think that makes that's something about about what makes it interesting and I appreciate mm-hmm. having the space to to advocate definitely in um, that kind of way I don't take that for uh, for granted. Thanks, St. James. Yeah. In, in particular. I've been worked in yeah. lots of places, but this is that one in particular. It's mm-hmm. like we constantly are getting to have those conversations.
5: Yeah. And it's, I think, rare where people get a chance to actually describe who they are or yeah. how they see themselves.
4: Well, yeah. And it's just like, I think that like we were talking earlier about uh, the approaches to to these, again, these approaches to activism. I mean, be that through music, mm-hmm. be that through uh direct action in the street be that through visual art be that whatever it is it's just people having the opportunity to figure out uh how they can get in where they fit in so
5: yes that, yeah
4: so so to speak and to and to what they have the the ability what they have the ability and the resources mm-hmm. uh to, to to do which has been you know my approach to to performance and the music for like for yeah a long time is that uh shout out to uh to to Chris, uh, Chris DeYoung Young and, and Elliot Daughtry Elliot K Daughtry at uh, Killer Banshee Studios, uh, I had a conversation. I have these conversations with them pretty regularly. They recorded like probably ninety percent of of Deep Dick Collector's output.
1: Oh wow! Uh, and
4: uh, and just about all of my uh, just about all of my anything that was vocal that was mine they they recorded all of that as well. And we have these conversations about that. A lot of times it ends up. That we're passing around the same couple of hundred dollars between a lot mm-hmm. of different people, and that that's the reality of it. If we're doing what we want to to do, and we do the best that we can can yeah. do about that, and that's helped sustain, and that's uh, the understanding of that has helped sustain a lot of friendships and uh, artistic relationships for me. Yeah,
5: over the years. Yeah, so I'd love to hear more about Deep Dick Collective and its formation.
4: Yeah, so 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 Deep Dick Collective started when I was a a young colored boy in Chicago. No. No, I just saw. i was sorry. I just always wanted to start a story, telling a story like that. But uh, uh, it started as a joke. Yeah. Um, like so many projects that turn into activist things, uh, do. Uh, I moved to the Bay Area. Like I said before, I had been performing uh, as an MC in Chicago in a variety of uh, groups uh, since 1988. Between 1988 and 1994, um. One group I had that was with uh, with a, with a uh, called "He Who Walks Three Ways." If that isn't queer enough, with a, <laughs> with a fellow named DeRowick, who still lives in Chicago, um, and uh, worked on an open mic that became in the early '90s that became very crucial to uh, the scene that you seen that exists now. So anybody who who became well known, there were all kinds of people who were a part of that uh, scene that became very well known later, either as performers or as actors or mm-hmm. Uh, what have you. Uh, I didn't perform from probably 95 to 99. Like I came out, was married, divorced, came out, um, was really kind of frustrated. Uh, And a a big part of that was because I knew I was, before I was out, I knew I was was bisexual, Mm -hmm. Uh, but had, was like it was it was hindering my performance in the fact that like i like i really liked to freestyle like and off the top of the head but i was afraid i would out myself
7: oh okay Uh,
4: and that's a hip-hop story (laughs) uh for you uh (laughs) right there about uh that being an issue i got to the bay area uh was working at starbucks met a guy named dick egner who was worked with club for the orchestra and a lot of bands and got to record a spoken word album Mm -hmm. uh and after that Met, I was working for the staff at Anything That Moves a magazine, which was a glossy, uh, bi-monthly, bisexual magazine that was around through from 1990 to 2002. Oh, cool. Uh, and met and had heard about Rainbow Flavor before moving to the Bay Area in Anything That Moves. I was like, I'm going to write for this magazine when we move to the Bay Area and uh, I'm going to meet these cats. Met Judge Muscat, uh, a.k.a. Dutch Boy, uh, and started performing with Rainbow Flavor Uh, I guess and recorded one album with Rainbow Flavor Family Business that came out in 2001 and had had conversations with Judge about hip hop and about his struggles as you know as the contextually white bisexual guy that people weren't taking what we were doing seriously or he was doing seriously in a particular way because he was you know he was like I'm not black you know I'm not brown I'm not it's there's these ways that it's not authentic you know, for people and, and as troublesome mm-hmm. as that is, that phrasing phraseology yeah. mm-hmm. can be. Uh so Deep Dick Collective started when I met Tim M. West, who had moved here to go to grad school at Stanford at a screening of all places. I know it's of uh the tenth anniversary screening of of Marlon Riggs's film, uh, Tongues Untied. Mm, okay. Uh was at Frame Line mm-hmm. and he wrote he was reading this poem called Quickie about black men and their furtive attempts to like engage uh, affections for each other in a hip hop party. I'm like, I need to talk to this cat. And uh, we talked, and I think that uh, we hung out a little bit, hung out with some friends of his, so I got to do some spoken word stuff through the events through a guy named Louis Butler, uh, who was doing a spoken word event at the YWCA in Oakland. About a month after we met, uh, Tim M tested HIV positive, uh, was dealing with some health issues and some psychological issues around that. So we just started hanging out and stuff and hanging out in downtown Oakland, eating shitty Chinese food and uh, uh, hanging out and like just making writing rhymes about yeah. what we were saying. And that uh, we met uh, Rollo Trinitrotol, you Ampu. Uh, later, But before that, we met Philip Goff, who actually teaches at UCLA now. You might see on MSNBC mm-hmm. uh, every now and then uh, and recorded, so, so the, started fooling around, making the basis of what became Bougie Boho, Post Pomo, Afro, Homo. Okay, uh, It started as a performance art joke uh, kind of thing. And people started saying, you should make a record. And so we set about the task of trying to figure out how to make songs. And so we called that together. And that was the first of three 3 full length uh, studio albums, an EP, uh, and a live album that was called from video and audio tape that we were in a couple of different live performances and a seven inch single um, that we did. And that was between, and there were 11 members of Deep Dick Collective wow. uh, in a rotating fashion that was, okay. you know, uh, there were probably three or four that were central between 2001 and
5: 2008,
4: mm. and that's still following me. There's around, and I appreciate that because there's this way that I get. There's all these things I've gotten to do because of that. Yeah, that project. Um, that are, I mean, that I'm still. I mean, it's pretty amazing, is it? Like that's now 16 years from when we first started that project. Yeah, that I'm still getting. I'm still talking. I'm here talking to you. I'm still talking yeah.
5: to people, um, because of that. Awesome. Well, it's great. I mean, the importance of collaboration, I think, is really crucial, like within within the arts, and then also within the queer community, to be able to to work with folks. And also, I found like the more people that are putting something together, the broader of a audience base there is, and the more people you get the word out to.
4: Yeah, and it was like you know, and I think that part of what I think it was something stuff that I learned from that being in community. Because at the same time, concurrently, I was running Sugar Truck Recordings, which is still like my little boutique kind of niche uh label that I still release my own uh work and remixes of Deep Collective and mm-hmm. other stuff uh through is that uh going back to what I was talking with the uh with the killer banshees is about the idea that uh as as loath as we are as artists uh to to acknowledge that sometimes the reality that we still live in capitalism. For now. For now. Right for now. <laughs> <laughs> For now, we still, we're still, you know, that, that that's what we, yeah, for now, uh, and that it, it takes money, I mean, excuse me, that it takes money to, to do a lot of the things, I and mean, if that's all it is, is someone putting together a tiny studio,
7: mm-hmm.
4: or whatever, that, or paying for bandwidth, or mm-hmm. whatever it is, in order to, to, to do what we do, um, acknowledging that, um, I think that, what's been helpful for me is figuring out the ways and relating to in a way that like, I'm not pretending that, that, um, I get to have clean hands,
7: so Mm. to speak. Mm.
4: Um, and that that's Mm. just a reality of, of doing it. I mean, there's stuff that, I mean, that's not saying that like, there isn't things that I haven't turned down, sure. You know, or that I haven't said that I don't want to do, but I don't, uh, I'm, I'm very, uh, I'm, I'm sort of adamantly opposed to, 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 uh, purity mythologies mm. uh, and the idea of that there's this 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 one way I think that calling in and critique and mm-hmm. when that needs to happen, that that's that that's something that's real yeah I think that uh I think the older um that I've gotten is just real. there's a Gil Scott Heron song called uh push come to shove that might not be mm-hmm. as familiar as other stuff I encourage anyone to go listen to it and read the lyrics. Mm-hmm. Uh, to it because I grew up in black nationalism in uh, Afrocentric Afrocentrist community in Chicago and that's been sort of my foundation about those experiences and watching adults in those communities you know and yeah. and the compromises that they had to make around what they you know when people thought the revolution was coming to the ancient African storefront you know or you know what have you and yeah. and, and that informed a lot of my, my work as a musician and, or my work in community as well. Mm-hmm yeah I think it's yeah it's um and 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 being able to continue to do you know continue to do to to do music and figuring out uh what's worth my time, yeah I think a lot of times in terms of psychological labor emotional labor yes yeah what, and and the individual and the collective get. I think, I think that's the best way I could, yeah. you know, describe, you know, describe it. What's the, you know, what's the ultimate, you know, what do I ultimately want out of this in the short term and the, yes. the long term and, and, and what can I get for someone else?
5: Yeah. You know? Yeah, absolutely. For people too. Yeah. What are, what are one's intentions yeah. and then how to like spread that out over time? Yeah.
4: And I say that too. I mean, it's like, I don't about, I'm, I'm, I, I like to be absolutely clear about, uh, Everything I've done with Deep Dick Collective and as a solo artist and it was running the Peace Out Festival, <laughs> which was a Peace Out was a, a queer hip hop festival that was a part of East Bay Pride. Yeah, uh, in Oakland, uh, that uh, Tim actually ran the first uh, iteration of that in 2000 it was called Cypher in 2001. And I ran it from 2002 with Matt Wovensmith, Smith uh, of Queer Core Records and uh, East Bay Pride from 2000. Uh, two to two thousand seven. There's a documentary called "Pick Up the Mic" um, that came out about it that you can see. Um, I think it might be on Netflix. Okay. Um, but it's, it's definitely if you go to pickupthemic.com you can uh, you can see um, that documentary. But uh, going back, at that I do certainly go back and say that like I would have done certain things differently. Mm-hmm. Um, there's uh, also. Uh, Legitimate, like completely legitimate internal and external critiques of Deep Dick Collective and of queer and of and of the sort of uh, the nature of the queer hip hop uh, from that period. If you talk about between 99 and 2008, 2009 or so, what I call uh, more a scene Mm -hmm. than a community. okay, um, As such. And that's about my relationship to the motivations of most of the people, which aren't. I shouldn't say it had to be my motivations, Mm -hmm. but my relationship to them. Um, was a little different and there's there's ways that i articulate about that and i talk about like that 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 i was saying earlier that i don't i don't like sounding like the curmudgeonous you know old like back in Mm -hmm. the day in the early days of gay Mm -hmm. hip-hop this Mm -hmm. is what it was like and we had you know we didn't have two turntables we had (laughs) we had cd players Mm -hmm. and 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 the mic jack and you know i don't Mm -hmm. i just i i don't like that shit but yeah but it I, I don't act like I don't act like I don't think my vis like I say about you know lots of things. I don't think my visceral response should be public policy. Hmm. You know, a, a, a lot of times, but that I don't pretend that it's not there. Yeah. You know, I think I try to have the as
5: broad a conversation as possible. Right, like trying to like let the ego yeah. maybe yeah dissipate a little I bit. Was,
4: yeah, I would say, and but I think that part of being able to do that mm-hmm. again is saying like, is not pretending that the ego is not there that that's yeah. not something that's you know that that's something that's not problem human you know yeah. a person and it's like and you know so you know so so it's like you could like i said again be like juba woo 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 what's that you know what's up with that yeah you know
5: yeah it's an interesting uh, conundrum i think for artists there is that i don't know for, for i can only speak for my, myself anyway but as an artist wanting to put one's work out there and at the same time feeling like it can be really self-centered mm-hmm. and how do you how does one balance the um in a way you kind of need to believe in yourself enough so that you put yourself out there. And then, uh, there's also just this, I, for me anyway, this idea that, Oh, what well, what is what I have to say that important or why do I need to like push myself forward in a way that seems sometimes like I'm taking up too much space. Um, that, that some artists I think do, where there's, you know, there's the folks out there, performers who are very much in your face, like come see my show, like really adamantly taking up a lot of space. And then there's some folks, artists who are more, I guess resigned and it's difficult to market oneself.
4: Yeah, that's that's I, that's a constant conversation about the the, the about, you know, like you are saying about capitalism, about money and yeah. about, you know, marketing and it's I I I've, I've said that to people about, you know, it uh I I I've, I've been able to continue to to do the things that 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 I do because I've been been able to be real about uh what I was able to uh accomplish i remember uh i think it was 2006 i think so It was the second to last piece out that we did um and i was essentially doing by that point essentially doing it economically doing it by myself hmm. and i made a point of i'm gonna calculate how much you know because no one was getting paid yeah you know, no one was getting paid for it um artists were able to make some money uh by like i had a uh, a mer- would have a merch table um, and artists kept 100% of whatever they sold. Mm. I made a point of doing that because I had had heard about that at clubs, like taking a part of, a percentage of merchandise. Oh. Um, yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's something that was real. So I was like, no, I don't want to want to do that. So like, because people are coming here um, on their time and on their own uh, dime, I wanted to make sure that that was there, making sure there was food, making sure people had a place to stay, that kind of thing. mm mm-hmm. uh, but uh, I had calculated this at one point, uh, uh, in, a, in a way that I said, "Okay, if I do this this way, I'll make my rent back for the month, and maybe a little bit more to pay off to retire these couple of bills, mm-hmm. you know, over here." And uh, I don't know, I don't, I don't know if you'll ever hear this, but Alex Hinton, who was the director, of pick up the mic. Um, Who like called me in 2002 when he first started to shoot the movie and came and was like hey i work for i have this company called queer youth tv i want to come down to oakland because i do queer punk stuff and i want to do some queer 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 hip-hop stuff can i come down and shoot the festival i'm like well shit, nobody else is asking me to come down yeah to do of course absolutely you can come down and that turned into pick up the mic but something this is like and this is respecting him as an artist you know too and as a community member uh he pulled me to the side and said Juba, he said, did you spend your rent to do this, to do this show? I said, yeah, sort of. He said, and he said to me, dude, let me know if you don't make your money back, you know, on this. And I got you,
7: Mm -hmm. you know, Mm -hmm.
4: and he ain't had to do that, you know. But for me, that was like, you know, I almost like... Fell into a puddle because it was like, and I w- I wasn't worried about making my money back for, yeah. my, but it was like that kind of gesture. Yes, you know, as a as a as a as a, a comrade or communitarian mm-hmm. was something that was really important to me, and it's and and having that on an ongoing basis in the way that people have showed you know shown up for me personally is yeah. something that I'm I, I I try to bring to what I I try to do my I'm not saying that I all, don't always. Do it as a, in, in a way that I would like to, mm-hmm. um, but I try to bring that to 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 what I do because yeah. that was just a really that was just a really and, and particularly at you know politically or what was happening in DDC at the time or what was just going on in community and and it was just an important gesture about of understanding. Yeah. Um that we had. And we were able to get a lot of other things done um mm-hmm. that way across in a in a broad kind of way about the movie and, and about community. But but there's lots of people who've been named I could go on naming people who directly, but all kinds of unnamed yeah. uh uh people who uh who who made that happen? And that was again something we were saying. It's like there's the person you see mm-hmm. and then there's this whole Cast of thousands, you yeah, know, make oh, it all definitely that'd, that'd make it, then make it go, then make it make it work, and yeah. making sure that people understand that.
5: Yeah, before. I find even uh, like a piece of advice or something that might seem small or trivial can really carry a lot of weight. Yeah. So yeah,
4: yeah. I mean, so. and and like speaking of that, um, Matt Wobensmith said to me, you know, and I learned so much from 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 Matt um, about doing uh, events. Uh, in the same way that I did with the with the killer with the killer banshees, uh, Matt said to me. He said, uh, "I guess it was in probably 2004. We probably had over the three nights of the show of the of peace out. We probably had, I would guess, probably close to five 550, close to 600 people wow. came through. But over three nights, so an average of probably 100." Fifty, wow, something a night, and some that would, and people coming in now. So I think one might have had one hundred seventy-five, two hundred, something like that. Wow, you know, and this is in like two thousand four. So mm. in the way that people were kind of clamoring for it, and he said, you know, how you feeling? I said I'm good. I said I think it went well. You know, this is like organizing and performing, you mm-hmm. know, at the same time. Yeah, and he yeah. said, you know, he said I'm gonna tell you something. He said, if you do something a show like that, and you got five hundred people to show up, and you didn't have a fight and nobody got hurt and no it wasn't but maybe two or three people mad at you. Yeah. You did a good job. Yeah. Yeah. You did okay. You know, and and trying to remember like we were talking about about being trying to kind of take it holding yourself accountable Yeah, but taking it easy on yourself at the same yeah. time. Yeah. Because there's a way because it's like it's you know, I mean you know about I mean activism stuff it's the same 15 people to show up. Mhm. You, you know over and over <laughs> over and over again. So <laughs> rem- keeping that in mind to to take care of yourself to not burn yourself. Yeah. You know. Out. Yeah. And I want to say a sh- a shout out to my t- uh, to my wife uh, Janine Demanda uh who who and this is again I think about t- about Janine is that uh I think that we had just start like you know this is like you know overlaps of communities by bi- community queer polyamorous you know community yeah, that yeah. we met in. I think we had been dating for maybe 2 weeks. And I was doing peace out in two thousand two, and uh, I didn't I didn't say like DDC was on the cover of the Guardian, you know. And she's like, "Why didn't you
1: tell me?" That?
4: I'm <laughs> like, "I didn't want to. I, I didn't want to make a big deal. Yep. Oh, yep, yeah. You know about it and none of that." And then I told her, uh, she's like, "Well, what's going on with it?" And I said, uh, "I'm doing this, and I'm you know doing this thing with." And I hadn't even considered like her. I, w- I was trying to really like. Don't feel like, please don't, I don't, don't feel like you need, I need you to get or want you to get caught up in this showbiz bullshit or whatever mm-hmm. I have. I just met you. Mm-hmm. We're having a good time. I'm enjoying, I don't want to fuck this up.
7: Yeah. Yeah. Right?
4: And, uh, I was like talking, just talking about what I was doing is like getting people here, finding people, a place to stay. And she said, if, you know, if you got some women, uh, you know, uh, who need a place to to crash, you know some, you know some, and some or some, you know trans folks who need a place to, to crash, uh, telling me you you got I could got two spaces here in my apartment. I'm like, you fucking serious? I'm like, and that was just this really kind of incredible gesture. Yeah you know that like with like really literally two weeks you know mm. she's like no and that she wanted she trusted she trusted me yeah you know and she trusted community you know yeah. and, and 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 had i mean this is about all her old history as like you know you know working at planned parenthood as you know and uh legal as like an attorney a legal observer all this kind of stuff th- she mm. had her own mm-hmm. uh you know as you know poor you know uh you know mixed-blood, rural mixed-blood, you know, person. All these intersecting histories of her, her own that yeah. she had. Yeah. Um, and that's what I said about people who you don't see. This yes. is, again, an example of the people who you yeah. don't see yeah. who are at the, like, I'm like, yeah, I'm on stage. Or even when I did Sex Workers Art Show, I'm like, you know, um they were li- I was the only, I was the black dude and I was a black cis dude on the tour, mm-hmm. you know, the performers when I did in 2006. And I was just really grateful and amazed to be able to perform and do um, that tour, and when I we would go to different cities, and it was like, "Here's the black rap guy who's a hoe. Let's go talk to him," you know. And I, I would say, "Yeah, thank you for talking to me, but you know, there's all these women, you know, who are on this tour who have way more uh, breath and expansive experience. That's a contribution to this particular mm-hmm. threads of art in this community. Oh yeah. So I think you need to talk. To, thank you for talking to me, but I think you need to talk to them. Yeah." please I think that they I think that that their story I mean I wasn't discounting but I'm like I'm an I'm kind of a new jack you know in this part I mm-hmm. think that and I think I have interesting things to say but I think that as part of what we're doing here I think that uh talking to these eight other people on this would be a more yeah a better use and, a, and as as an act for I mean me for them it's like I mean they would, it was like show magazine type stuff but my intent was still kind of active I think you need to talk really more about to them about what they're doing and because mm-hmm. they've been they've been on multiple their people had been on multiple tours yeah. and have been doing that much longer I think that that's still I didn't want that story to get short shrift if I yeah. had any, if I had any control sure. you know over that but making sure that I said you know that and the back you know and again the backstory about who like I, I get to have the mic but who else is you know, holding me up while I'm yes. on the mic, oh, you know, too. I'm trying to remember that, you know, and and trying to respect that and making sure and making sure that I'm, you know, in the little bits of time that we have, telling us, you know, getting to tell as much of the story as I, yeah. and as broad a story as I can.
5: Yeah, it's very interesting to see who, who takes up space and who's given a chance to speak and who's given a chance to, I guess, represent and that kind of...
4: Yeah, yeah, and I would say that, and that would have been, I mean, and it was, I would say, too, that... Uh, I'm sure that there's any number of people who here who uh, who know Rollo, um, but his interest, his dissection and his particular uh, criticisms um, within and without not just deep dick collective, but just about, you know, scene stirring, mm-hmm. you know, and period have been, you know, I think that there was a there was a time when we had some really, really deep conflict that I think that was ultimately about us. Coming at the same conversation from two very different directions of experience. Mm-hmm. Um, there's a way that um, without the sort of like we're in a band together and in, the, in your face uh, kind of thing that we had at that t- you know at that time you know allowed me you know a space. I think for both of us to you know to be like hey okay this is what this is about, which is why I still have a you know a relationship you know with him. That I, and I don't see enough of don't see enough of you, Rallo. I say that too is that I owe you lunch um, at the vegan place. Um, <laughs> uh, but, but yeah, but really uh, his particular uh, critique of uh, of misogynoir Miss, Miss in particular, mm-hmm. um, I apologize because I can't remember the name of the woman, the scholar who actually coined that um, phrase because I want to give credit where that is uh, uh, due. But also... Uh, the intense with what like what was real and what was perceived as uh, in the way in terms of the way the deep deck collective was received I was like yeah there was all this cool stuff but there was these ways because we were dreadlocks and we were Afrocentrists and we were largely cis Mm -hmm. um, and we were there was a normativity um, that was a part of what we did that was and we were, i would say—not visibly disabled. That, was a, part, that mm-hmm. was a part of what we did mm-hmm. that made it okay for people, or in and in a community and a and a community of artists and performers who were largely invested in this at the time, anyway, in this idea of, okay, we want like that—that that gay rap or queer rap is something that's going to. We want something that's going to fit into the over cultural major label gristmill machine so to speak mm-hmm. uh and the conversations I had with people later you know and this is about you know conflict within the group and and without that if that was that had never been something I was interested in but I think that if I always say this to people about it now you know and it's uh and I've had the conversations with group members and 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 otherwise, that, if that was something that you wanted to to do in the first place, to pass, then you wouldn't have been in a rap group called Deep Dick Collective. That would have been the first thing that you wouldn't have done mm-hmm. and that you would have started on that path uh, before you were 30. Yeah. So, yeah. yeah, so to speak. You know, it's like, you know, as you look at a, at a, a Barack Obama, that's a dude who's like, I'm in Harvard and... Um I'm not gonna steal this chapstick or this chewing gum out the seven eleven because there's gonna be a video of it. Um I'm you start planning for that running for pres whoever you are running for president. Mm -hmm. That's not, you know, you just up and jump up and do that. That's a mindset. Yeah. That's aside from, you know, the conversations I've had, you know, with Janine about how like watching scandal and how the I I feel like now that you have to at least be a little bit of a sociopath to want to be president of the United States. Yep, <laughs> <laughs> in the first place. Uh, in the first place. Yeah. But that's a that's a whole nother, uh story yeah. <laughs> uh, there. But yeah, but that's you know, but that's and and to continue to, I think that that's what makes you know not just good art, mm-hmm. but effective. Uh, art and effective activism mm-hmm. is being able to continue to have those kind of you know critique, and I don't pretend that like there weren't years ago that, that that I wasn't you know that I might have been tender about it in a different kind of
5: oh sure kind
4: of you know kind of way than I am now because sure. I'm almost fifty you know that's a very different you know space that I'm in about that you know now but um, I think that I get I'm I'm making the best work that I've I've ever made now I mean I made good stuff when I was 22, 23 years old uh, but I wasn't having fun.
7: Mm. And I didn't mm. have,
4: I didn't really have, I did quality stuff I think that still stands up, but I didn't, but I didn't have fun until I was out. Yeah. Because I was, until I was able to say, you know, what I meant. Right. I think, as opposed to writing lots of stuff about pencils and lightsabers.
5: Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, I guess the, the older one gets the more there's a sense of what, I mean, I, I can only speak for myself, but like this idea of who I am and what I believe in and also mm-hmm. caring a little bit less about people who might not quite get it or might be angry about what I have to say. And sometimes there's a real, not, it's nice to get like, make people feel uncomfortable in a way. There's yeah. a, there, there can be a, a, a power in that because yeah. I think people, there's a lot of things people do need to feel uncomfortable about in order to get the message across.
4: And and I agree with that. And I think I can't remember there's a, you know, a, a paraphrase of an Ani DeFranco uh, quote that the Annie DeFranco, big Ani fan, or at least one time big Ani
5: fan. Yep.
4: <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah. In my house uh, said about, you know, is about, you know, I have my instrument, but does it need to be mic'd?
5: Mm.
4: Um, yeah. I can't remember what the exact quote was. And so, so we know, of course, there were times that Ani really didn't need to be mic'd in the last couple of couple of years, but that's another, again, another story, another yep. story. Yeah. But I appreciated that quote because I mean, the last uh, record that I completed, uh, Code Switchings, mm-hmm. um, I very purposefully part of it was a concession to time and engine not being able to get in the studio. But then I came across the idea of like, maybe I should just at least vocally shut up hmm. for a record and see what happens. Mm-hmm. And that's how that record came about, was that let me do these sound collages and see what I can say and not explain it and just explain it through the title of what I did and let people and encouraging people just to listen to it. Yeah. And see and 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 hear what they hear, because it's like I know that you there's something that you're aware of, too, as well as that, you know, you'll make something and somebody, you know, will come to you and say, I really like that thing that you did about the heartbreak of psoriasis. And you'll be like, oh, yeah, that's okay cool. That's you know
7: mm-hmm.
4: but it ain't a, and it stops being about what you what what you meant but yes. about what people got right from it that's positive negative or otherwise yeah. it's like being able to acknowledge and discuss and 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 dialogue with people about what they heard you mm-hmm you know say because there's certainly stuff that i've said on records that i would not not even i meant the same thing but that i would have said very differently yep yeah and i I would have yeah and i would now just because of how it would and 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 not going but i meant but i meant no it's like it's it's not about intent it's not magic Mm -hmm. you know that's not how it it's about how it landed and about acknowledging that and when somebody tells me this is what i heard yeah you know saying like okay i can you know examine okay yep i see how you heard that respect that mm-hmm. you know so
5: yeah language is very important yeah i've gone back to watch videos of me doing stand-up from 10 years ago mm-hmm. and it's like nope would not have nope. referred to yeah. myself in a certain way would not have used a certain language and like language is so important yeah uh just to be as clear as possible and then also language is constantly changing too yeah so that's a, like a, something else to be aware of as yes. well yeah i would agree yeah Yeah. so also for the listeners um i saw the phone light up a little bit so if if you would like to call in and ask any questions or make any comments you can give us a call at 415-550-0511 so please do do call in if you'd like yeah
4: so yeah Yeah. so that's uh that's been very much uh you know i mean it's and particularly in this in this this moment uh i remember uh before actually i would say it was probably maybe in may june july so and and having somebody ask me about you know did i think that you know darth cheeto could win uh could win the election Mm
7: -hmm.
4: And, and 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 having them ask me in this particular kind of way that was there was this whole like tittering you know kind of about it but at the same time that can this dude? i i'm like yeah this mm-hmm. is this is i'm like this is this this is real yeah you know and talking about that about i mean and it made me think about then talking about 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 art and the opportunity to 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 make art uh in terms of i mean this is about really too about really the the, the cynicism Mm -hmm. um that 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 you see in kind of the 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 mainstream uh a lot of the mainstream uh discourse in that you know there's this way that like like saturday night live would be i think would be a good example of that in the sense that you know you had this dude as you had this dude as a host as a guest host yep yep because you didn't take this shit seriously right right at all you didn't take this shit seriously at all and now there's this you know then you do the episode it's with the like you know the new season episode with the with all the liberal hand-wringing with mm-hmm. you know Leonard Cohen dies so Kate McKinnon gets to sing hallelujah and you know and you bring on the you know unrepentant you know homophobe and misogynist Dave Chappelle uh to you know to come in and do his you know I don't know Give him a chance, mm. you know. Speech. It was like watching. It, it it felt kind of really kind of felt like. And maybe this is just my relationship to it, as a you know in my particular relationship to to media criticism. It felt like watching the WB in the early nineties, mm. you know, and, and 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 in the way that like, you know, or Fox in the early nineties. It was like we got the blackety 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 black blackety black blackety black, black, and then we got everybody watching. And we take all of it off and we put on Seventh Heaven and Dawson's Creek. Mm. You know, that kind of, you know, that kind of thing uh, <laughs> like that. It's like, hey, who's some black people that 40 year old white dudes like this rap? Oh, we a tribe called Quest. Oh, they got a new album. OK, let's bring them out, you know, put them on. It'll be kind of feel good. Fife is dead, you know, which is not making light. That's not about making light of, you know. Fife's, you know, Fife's death, which, which was just layered and fucked up, and all these. Mm-hmm. For, for me personally, mm-hmm. in all of these kinds of, you know, uh, ways, but there was just this way to, you know, watching that. You know, later, I mean, I watched it after that. I was just really like, for real, and watching Chappelle doing a monologue. I'm like, you can't be fucking serious. I'm like, are you fucked? I like, but you are. You're completely mm-hmm. serious because mm-hmm. there's this way that you do what you do with this, even as a black man. Mm-hmm. You're a black cis guy. You're extremely wealthy, and you're incredibly, you know, insulated. Mm. You know, from the day-to-day reality of this, of of what's you yeah, know, of oh, of what just happened in the last couple of days. Mm. You know, just with the ACA and all kinds of just, oh yeah. All, yeah, yeah, just all of that. It's just like okay, where that that's the chance, that's the chance, that's just and that's just the start. Mm-hmm. You know, of the chance. So it's just like, what is? You know, you know, you know, what what is again, like looking for again, most of my motivation has been, you know, kind of uh, what you were talking about earlier in the show before I, I came in about figuring people figuring out where they can get in and how like the 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 underground is going to inform again, keep informing over culture mm-hmm. and and seeing what that, you know, looks like and how you can uh, support that. Yeah. And, uh, you know, in addition to to what's the turnkey for. All this healthcare that we can do in the back room—that's and, mm-hmm. that's, and or, or just even relating to that as art.
5: Yeah, that that's, yeah. You know,
4: and making sure that people understand that there's an art, that there's an art to that, there's a skill set yes. to that. Uh, I've had most—I would say mostly—the this, this sort of the kind of you know loosely defined hotel black nationalist set had problems with me referring to uh, Malcolm X, for example, as a stand-up comic. <laughs> and you know, he was—he was, he was facking and cracking, you know. Or just even at how watching, having watched him for you know video of him for years, and then watching Ethel Merman like the the teleplay of Anything Goes, and then she goes at the end of I had never heard the song in its entirety, and she yeah. goes, uh, she does a whole like uh, we didn't land on Plymouth Rock, Plymouth Rock landed on us, that whole thing, and I go, that's where he got that from. But he was in New York City, and huh. you know, in the in you know, in the from the like mid fifties through the early you know sixties. So he would have, you know, and he's in. this, like I thought that he made that up.
7: Yeah, you I know, had, I had no idea. <laughs>
4: yeah, I didn't either <laughs> until I, until I saw that. But that the idea that Malcolm X was 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 making collage, hmm. you know, out huh. of a lot of you know stuff, or just even you know just talking about how you can intersect it and talk about how everybody is there in a the room. It's like okay, if you need to pretend that in nineteen fifty nine or whatever that. A tall, you know, light-skinned, red-haired, you know, whiskey dude with a whiskey over rocks, you know, boulders voice was, you know, in the pulpit, you know, and, and talking and had, you know, pimp who was a former pimp and had mouth game, mm-hmm. you know. If you need to pretend that the only people who was, you know, being, you know, aroused or titillated by that was, you know, cis women, okay, go ahead. You keep going ahead and and and, and doing that. mm mm-hmm. You know, if that's what you need to do. If mm. you're not pretending that there's, you know, that that there wasn't a, uh, you know, a queer or a queered element.
5: Oh yeah. To not
4: just even to that with the Nation of Islam, you know, which I was in in the mid '80s in Chicago, which is an, again okay. another story oh, sure. we don't have to. Because there's so many there's there's so many threads of, of, yeah. of, of stories yeah. around that, but but yeah, but about how you know how we look at that and take that apart and how mm-hmm. like it's. The, the, the ways of, 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 of navigating, activating and, and and creating have all of these these moving parts to them, but yes. and stuff that isn't necessarily something isn't necessarily spoken that, that can still continue to inform what we're doing.
5: Yeah. And you know? the, there's still just as, in regards to intersectionality, yeah which in, like in in every community, there seems to be I think some folks who just refuse to admit that that's something that even exists in the first place, let alone something that needs to be addressed
4: well you know and and i said you know to and and, and it, it also too, about what the you know the the name that you want to put on and what you need people to be in order for you to and or just the way we pedestal you know people for the opportunity to you know to knock them down mm-hmm. well, what we look at as as a knocking Mm. down you know i mean i remember uh like i mean i grew up listening to gil scott i mentioned gil scott heron yeah, yeah i grew up listening to you know grew up you know like that was the soundtrack of me being four five six you know years old and being in going to black nationalist school yeah you know you listened at the to fish fry or whatever and like this thing of seeing him on saturday night live you know or uh you know and Finding out in my 30s that, you know, about this cut that he did called The Subject Was Faggots.
5: (gasps) I didn't know know about that. Yeah, you
4: look up The Subject Uh, Was Faggots and it's about about him in Harlem going to a ball and going into the quote unquote wrong room. So it's called The Subject Was Faggots and uh, it's this really incredibly transphobic, uh, you know, thing, you know. But it's also to the other side of that for me, being disappointed about that. The other side for me is like, okay, um... Where is what does this mean? And I've said this in a comment on YouTube. Mm-hmm. I said, What do you think a tall, pretty, 20 year old, sonorous, uh, broke ass heroin addict on 125th Street, you know, in 1970? What do you think he was doing if he needed to fix up?
7: Mm. Mm. He
4: was doing what he needed to do. Mm-hmm. And he's got to go on, like, Why are you saying he was he was gay? Why? I said, I ain't saying nothing about gay. Mm-hmm. I said, now you asked me, was he a cocksucker? That's a whole different <laughs> that's a different conversation. Mm-hmm. You know? That's a whole that's a very different conversation, mm-hmm. you know. So what does that, you know, what does that mean for, for people? Yeah. You know, it's like I'm not talking I'm talking about the reality of what people need to do, you know, in order to to live or what you need him to be, to be a prop in your yes. cis masculinist whatever you know you know whatever narrative yeah. about you know about liberation or about revolution you know or whatever that excludes not just identities but yeah. these particular realities these particular experience you know experiences yeah i said you know i'm not gonna sit i'm like yeah i'm like, that's like i'm like do i know that no i don't know i don't mm-hmm. know that but i'm like i i've been working as you know f- you know i'm a fag who's been working as an co- advocate in a lot of different spaces for years and i know what kind of you know what I know, understand to do what you got to do, mm-hmm. you know, and that, and that doesn't need to, and I don't separate people who are iconic. Yeah. You know, from that.
5: Yeah, absolutely.
4: But it's, yeah, yeah. it's just hard. It's just, a, you know, it's just a, you know, uh, you know, a, a hard conversation to have too, when we don't want to let people be, you know, people be people. Yeah. You know? I mean, there's a way well, shit. if it's just like listening to music by men. You know, I just would if I got. I mean, and I'm not saying that there's like. I mean, there's there's like shit that I just can't bring myself to listen to. People who I just can't bring myself to to mm-hmm. listen to, and part and so much so I don't even want to name them. Yeah. You know, just to put there. You know, to 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 give power. Sure. You know, sure. To that, but but that's been you know, but that's been a, you know a, 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 a an issue with hip hop. You know, uh, and 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 in lots of but I guess you know what? Maybe I should name them. You know, like, I mean, if it's it's just like, how do we talk about queer hip hop? How do we talk about black? How do we talk about mm-hmm. men? How do we mm-hmm. talk about when, you know, you know, Africa bambata assaulted
5: mm-hmm.
4: possibly hundreds, you know, of young men mm-hmm. and how I know that pe- like people told me in 2002 mm-hmm. that, yeah. You know, Bambada was that was gay, MSM, SGL, whatever term that he might have used. Mm-hmm. You know, and how people knew that, and how everybody knew that, but how nobody said no. None of the people who told me that said to me that he was, you know, that he was assaulting teenage boys, mm-hmm. sexually assaulting teenage boys. Mm-hmm. And but if you talk to his peers when that story came out, all, everybody said, oh yeah, everybody knew that that he was yeah that he was doing that. So and the people who told me about that were queer. Mm. You know, and people who I respected, yeah. you know, in community. Okay, so if they knew that, you knew that. Why did anybody say what was the, what was being protected? Yes, you know, in the and in, in you know, in the in the middle of that. Yeah, you know, and how to, and and how that conversation just kind of Prince happened to die around the same time, mm-hmm. and then that conversation just kind of dis, You know,
7: mm-hmm.
4: you know, disappeared and. And we're, you know, wherever it is that we, you know, are from moment to moment. Yes. You know, now. And I know that's like, I mean, that seems, I mean, I'm certain that that part of that is meandering, so to speak. But at the same time, it's a part of, you know, like about, it's like all of it becomes about how do we have these conversations conversations or how do we improve the way that we have these conversations that that inform our art that inform our activism and inform our art and activism over a longer basis.
5: Right. And then something else that also is is related, of course, is like white supremacy within like the gay LGBT community, of course, and how folks refuse to acknowledge that it exists.
4: Yeah. Well, that was, and that was a thing too about, excuse me, about uh, when people would ask me about about doing queer hip-hop and about the economics, you know, of that and about, like, some would ask me about, why don't you do, there's all these gay clubs, why don't you do music in, in, in clubs? <laughs> I'm like, gay clubs don't, and this is not saying that that's their responsibility, but gay clubs don't support live music mm. as a generality, mm. let alone... You know, two turntables and a, and a mic,
7: yeah. you know, before yeah. you even
4: get to, 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 to rap music. And I understand, like, the way that bars work, they work, work the same way that bars with straight people in them, you know, work. I had a buddy told me once, you know, one of my mentors, who's a jazz musician who had, you know, his art rock combo or whatever. And the, <laughs> the dude said uh, to him, a guy said to him, uh, what did he say? He said, uh, yo, I like your band you know, and stuff. Y'all are, you know, hot. I love, you know, I love jazz. I love prog rock, whatever it is, mm-hmm. you know, that y'all doing. But uh, there's a, these, you know, schlumps that like three guys who bought their shit at Guitar Center and work in tech or work for Schwab, you know, during the day, they bring 200 motherfuckers with them who drink, mm. you know, and I'm in a business, mm. you know. And, and I think that Maybe you don't like that, but understanding that as a a reality is that like, Mm -hmm. you know, playing it. I mean, we did a couple of club in Barsha, but that wasn't really what we we did. Yeah. we just that even if you talk about like talking about white supremacy, you know, and particularly in in queer and gay. I was saying, like I said, about homonormative gay. Yes. Yes. uh, Community, the reality that when Deep Dick Collective was together, our primary context, our primary context of support was not from. Uh, not even if you talk was not not just from not from from white people but not from men mm. you know we're not you mm. know we're not interested. I, I would say not from cis I would say not from cis men yeah. there were plenty of like you know you know you know femme and women on a, a broad spectrum and, yeah. and, and, and trans and, and genderqueer like but they were all overwhelmingly of color at colleges and universities or working in different insti- you know institutions it was not gay Mm-hmm. community mm-hmm. proper I think we were an interesting phenomena to to them but there was like I mean but there was a way and this is quoting you know an old story like with Tim and basically you know saying the paraphrase that there was nobody even in our best moments uh, there was nobody who was mm-hmm. really completely comfortable um, with us hmm. um, there was a way that, you know, there was our, you know, our experiences of like people, you know, trying to make all of us monosexually gay, you know, there's the bi- experience of, of biphobia or mm-hmm. a way that, because we were overwhelmingly, you know, at least a bachelor's degree, that we were acceptable black things, mm-hmm. you know, and comfortable, mm-hmm. uh, uh, comfortable things, or just the way that people was, like, I read a story once that said that I grew up in the projects in Chicago um and i think maybe they erroneously because tim in in particular grew up in rural in in rural poverty like as in not having a bathroom till he was an indoor bathroom till he was 13 years old that Mm -hmm. kind of thing Mm -hmm. uh like that but i hadn't seen you know i i hadn't seen no pro i look i grew up in a house you know and and and, you know and with with you know would never experience the lights being out and none of that kind of stuff Mm -hmm. but just when people would say that kind of stuff how they would need to make you, that there's a way in order for me to be comfortable with what with they're relating to as your relative ascendance as, a, as a non-white person. Mm-hmm. And particularly as a, but a particular anti-blackness, mm-hmm. that was a part um, of that. Or the other side of it, that because two of the people, the original founders of the group went to elite uh, schools. Timon went to Stanford for like in a doctoral program, which was where he met Phil, and mm-hmm. Phil was an undergrad at Harvard, and Timon went to Duke. Mm-hmm. Um, and I would say, people would ask me, like, "Well, where did you go to school?" And I say, "Chicago State University." And they say, "Oh, the University of Chicago." I'm like, "No, that's the s- private school in Hyde Park in Chicago. Mm-hmm. Chicago State is the state school, the commuter university, the teachers' college on the south on the south side." Which is not decrying the privilege of that I went to to university, that I went to school, and I have that I'm a degree person. Mm-hmm. But it was watching people need to make it something like, and particularly white people yeah. needing to make it, you know, make this doesn't fit. Why would these, you know, why would these like Negroes hang out with, a, a you know, another Negro or Negroes who weren't.
5: Yeah, who so, weren't? Yeah, so they have like a, a preconceived narrative that they want to tell and are trying to like place it in their in a certain way.
4: Yeah, I kind of feel like if you talk about men in particular, like in a, you talk about the gay. I mean, lots of my interactions with 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 gay cis men mm-hmm. was that, and this is even in an African American community. Is it that that, that uh, and that's a part of being, you know, you do it's it's pop music and you're doing records that we were something that was cute to talk to about, you know, while you're eating wine and cheese at the. The part we were interested, have you heard of this gay rap group, Deep mm-hmm. Dick, you know, Deep Dick Collective, you know, it was a, a cool thing like that. And watching that get kind of exploded when um, Marcus Renee Van, you know, trans guy, joined the group mm-hmm. and having like people who hadn't bought records, hadn't listened to anything, had never articulated they listened to anything that we, we did, like specific, very specifically approaching me about that, that there was a trans man
7: mm-hmm.
4: um, in the group and be like and 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 not in wanting me to inform the conversation and were saying to me what's that about literally like what is that about hmm. you know and i'm hmm. like um we're a project of queer black man yeah he's a queer black guy yeah what's the you know the thing and it's like and again and this is with acknowledging you know the the you know i am who i am but also the 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 particular performance of masculinity by the members of of Deep Dick Collective, how that was a you know how that how that was an issue just in terms of our perception, mm-hmm. um, and later in a lot of the backlash and the like like from there was just this lot of really incredibly uh, transphobic and transmisogynist uh, narrative that was in uh, the queer hip hop community as existed then because what happened mm. after pick up the mic was that a lot of the, pe- the people who started getting uh, attention. And actually, chart action, so to speak, like on Billboard, yeah. were uh, trans women mm-hmm. and uh, and femi uh, cis boys, mm-hmm. and so that was this whole. No one would actually name it, uh, but people were, you know, with the, they would never say anything directly. But there was this extension of this conversation about who is real hip hop, and mm. meaning who is like. Who is is cis-masculine and can pass as a straight boy, hmm. and how that's a, and and how the that it's a problem that that these trans women and that these sissy boys are getting attention because that's not hmm. real hip hop in Ugh. some particular kind of way, like directly, like you know, saying that you know kind of thing, and people even making records to that effect,
7: hmm. Hmm. you know.
4: So, and 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 that was kind of my my pivot out of that you know scene and in, in particular. That's not saying I don't have any context for people who are still a part of that, but. Mm-hmm. Um, but that was something that happened you yeah. know, there. So, and make it, so I'd say it to make sure that there wasn't, you know, not at all, you know, not at all a perfect family, so,
5: yeah. to, so to speak. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. Well, uh, we're running a little bit uh, out of time. So, oh, yeah. perhaps, um, is there a place where folks can find your music or work? Yes. Like?
4: You can go to uh, jubakalamka.bandcamp.com. And there you can find uh, deep Dick collective stuff there, and you can find uh, you can find my stuff um, there as well, <laughs> production work and other things. Awesome. Um, you can find right there. Cool. And oh, sorry. Go ahead. Oh no. Go ahead. Oh, uh, a show.
5: Yes. Uh,
4: what is this with this phone? I'm sorry. because <laughs> um, I made sure I left this page up. Um, because there's a oh, oh St. James Infirmary. If you're looking for more information about St. James Infirmary, uh, you can go to www.stjamesinfirmary.org, um, just like it sounds. And also uh, you could go to Facebook uh, to and find uh, more information. Um, I can't find the page that I had would actually a show with uh, identity crisis uh, for Paul Corman Roberts and uh uh, uh, Yusef uh, Alawi uh, doing a show on the 21st at the uh, the Octopus Lounge in Oakland I'm a part of and it's on my calendar um, there thanks guys excellent yeah. well thanks so much for being here thank you thank you for having me I appreciate
5: yeah. it yeah we'll, we'll play some uh, more of your tunes uh, coming up next will be Women's Magazine with Global Val followed by the uh, Common Thread Collective so thanks again to Juba Kolomka for being here thanks Roma I appreciate it thank yeah, you so much
7: for sure
3: let me see if I can directly access the master program. The only thing greater than yourself.
1: Dana?
6: Yes. What happened? Any answer would be mere speculation.
5: This is yet another example of how our actions have random results.
4: Thanks, Dana. I noticed.
5: Look. You're a
0: robot, man, one day they're going to replace you with a machine. me see if I can directly access the master program. You're a robot, man, one day they're going to replace you with a machine. Let me see if I can directly access the master you program. You're a robot, man. One day they're going to replace you with a machine.
3: Listen, uh, I'm going to be honest with you, um, and this is a practice that I engage in every time I am stopped by law enforcement and, and I taught this to my son who is now 33 as part of the of Correctly my duty as a father to ensure that he knows the kind of world in which he's growing up. So when I get stopped by the police, I take my hat off and my sunglasses off, I put them on the, right. the passenger side, I roll down my window, I take my hands, I stick them outside the window and on the door of the driver's side because I want that officer to be as relaxed as he can be yeah. when he approaches my vehicle. Um, and, and, and I do that because um, I live in America.
1: I was only twenty-one. The first time I felt the touch of another son. One kiss from him, my heart was one. I love begun, solitude done. He stood there drenched in our brain. Surprising disguise looking for my name. Eyes fell upon us.
4: wine and flesh combined and mesh minds. I flash back to mustache and ax rash and dash off, ocean in the splash to ash off. Cast off the rain from thought and let spray the chains of DNA make hot spots and stains. Remains of the day with no end to men, men who've been more than friends. I stood wide with shade and lines. and their lies are now a try. The style wars and tours of duty for booty and wanting more for four score baskets, low hanging and slanging. And rapping the singing and gang bang playing pots and pans are from
1: knees and knees the niggas, please, the for trees. Speed, get the ease speaking the name afraid to say, and more the morning the, floor, oh, the with yeah. and I was so afraid, so so very, so very,
3: afraid. very, very, afraid. Yeah. Everything I've ever been and all the things I'll ever be And cause a half a dozen with innocence stolen and then again big brother a ways to experience the suns race before I know